Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday You can always find a way to turn it all around again It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday You can always find a way to start over again When the sun rises, you can start over again you can make it better than yesterday today It's a new day New day There's a way You can turn it around Trust me There's a way out There's more time Just don't give up When the sun rises New day You got another chance A new day A new day You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Mia hasn't been here in two weeks. Uh, This week, it's not because she's... You know, she quit or whatever. It's not because of that. It's because this week is her birthday. Last week, hey. I don't know what I don't know what she was doing. You know, but this week is her birthday. She has a good excuse, so she happy early birthday. She's traveling, so happy birthday to Mia, thirty-three. Gosh, she's in her Jesus year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as they say. <laughs> yes, come on. I got my my book. My yeah. editors, this is you send it to your editor, and your editor goes through it, chops it up, tells you what they like, what they don't like, what you should cut, yeah. how you can change. Da, 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 da. I have received my manuscript back from the editor, mm. so now I have to decide what I'm going to change, what I like about their suggestions, what I want to take out, or do I want to do anything that they suggested at all? And that kind of mm-hmm. I'm in the process of editing that stuff and working that stuff out. That's so cool. Yes. But yeah. I have an issue because I recently um, ran out of my medicine and I don't have insurance no more. Oh, <laughs> and my, wow. Remember, I, had, I told y'all that I had tried to get on ADD, ADHD medicine. And it's like night and day. It really has gotten me really, really focused. It really has gotten me. Look, I've had success in losing weight. I have had success in going to the gym consistently. That has never been. So I just have a, with this medication, I have just a whole different way to focus on what I need to do. And so um, it's been really, really working, working out. So yeah i'm tr- i'm trying to i'm 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 kind of scared because if i don't have insurance i can't get the medication the medication costs too fucking much for me to afford it just uh-huh. flat out pocket, so yeah. you know my I, I had a doctor's appointment last monday and my doctor was like well there's um good rx and you know they yeah. can make it make it cheap and you go yeah. to here and da, 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 da. so i was like okay i'm gonna try to figure that out and see how that works out for me um 
But that's what I, I was wary because I was like, God, for me to find something that work and then, oh, my yeah. God, I can't afford this. And because yeah. I haven't really, you know, I ain't really I've never been in a situation where I'm taking other than hormones, some kind of consistent medication. Mm. And this is the first time that I've been in this kind of situation. Um, mm. And so it's like, oh, you really now you firsthand understand people's talking about, you know, I can't afford my medication. And so having that experience and kind of like, whoa, I get I get what people are saying, especially something that you feel like is working. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. So that's the that's the situation I'm in now. And so this week I have been kind of I just I just wanted to really focus on sitting down and, and kind of getting a chunk of that done, really sit down and catch up on the shows that I wanted to watch, really sit mm -hmm. down. My house looks a fucking mess. It looks like a hoarder house. Mm -hmm. Not that extreme, but you know what I mean? It, it, mm -hmm. it just looks mm -hmm. a mess. I have so much shit and I really need to purge some of my shit. So um i just have a lot of fucking clothes and and i need to purge i need to i don't have mm. a house so i have an apartment so you it, and i've been here for like 12 years and so yeah i have, yeah. I have yeah, so it's much time to like go through things yeah i gotta go through stuff and and kind of weed stuff out weed stuff that i you know that i just don't wear at all and throw that shit out so that i'm i needed this focus to be able to get that done and get the writing stuff done and and focus on getting my rest and focus on going to the gym. So all these things, right. if, if I wasn't mix. on this medication, I would not be doing none of this shit. I would be all over. So are, you, so are you out now or you're like just trying to get ahead of it? So I... Okay, yeah. So look, I'm looking at my pill bottle and it looks like it's probably a good... 15 pills in here and i'm trying to stretch it out <laughs> so i can figure something out <laughs> well but i'm I, supposed I, to take that, one every day yeah. but i can't IRS is really good like I, I used to take different medications and had issues with insurance and good rx definitely has saved the day a couple different times mm, okay so, <laughs> yeah that's that's where i'm at now so i'm kind of only yeah. taking them i'm supposed to take them every fucking day but i'm kind of like only taking them when i feel like i need to do something <laughs> 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 and so that's where i'm at with it now so i have been um you know i i just i feel like i have gotten some success I have gotten on the routine and I just feel like yes. devastated that I might be in a situation where my finances is not, is, uh, you know, is about to be in yeah. a situation where I can't afford my, um, my medication. Yeah, medication. yeah. yeah so that's real. Like, uh, that's annoying. Did you watch the Soul Train Awards? No, I didn't watch the did Soul Train Awards, but I did watch some of the performances. Yeah. Did you see the escape performance? I did see the escape performance. I did that, see that. What, is, yeah. what did you think? I thought I thought it was bomb. I, I did too. Did. I thought I got my all, life. I got my whole life watching it. Got my whole life. Like I was like eleven years old all over. Again, just <laughs> my heart out. Okay, I'm mean, coming at you. Okay. I I, I I heard some rumbling as far as um with the with the green dress situation. Yes. With Latasha yes. and the Latasha. green dress. And everybody yep. was supposed to be doing the the silver or gold sparkle. Well, everybody was supposed to be doing what the other three were, <laughs> were doing. The other, three were the, other, the other three were clearly coordinated, right? Yeah. <laughs> the other three was Destiny Child. 
and this and is Latasha. the solo artist. Okay, right. <laughs> Latasha and I, I did not, when I first saw them the very first time, mm-hmm. I didn't clock the coordination. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was the, the angle that I was um that I was looking at the very first time I saw them. Yeah. It was like it it was different enough to where I didn't clock the coordination. I was like, oh, yeah. they all look really, really amazing. And damn, Latasha looks Latasha looks sickening in this fucking green. Yeah. And yeah. then when there was a hoopla about it, <laughs> I go uh, back and see them send their line. Oh, I said, oh, they clearly coordinated and she was yeah. get this little green. Now yeah. the green was fire as fuck. Don't get yeah, me wrong. It was. That it green was, was snatched. Was. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like Latasha knew she was because I think I saw like Candy, because she I think she had a post that was like, you know, something there was some kind of post that was like, you know, I wasn't in the loop. And Candy clap right back because it was because they recorded it like last week uh-huh. that's what it was yeah. and so that kind of came out early and she was like no you just chose to go with a different manager or something like you like every clearly everybody else got the memo mm-hmm. basically so it's like you know i don't know but when it came to the performance it was fire yeah they definitely sound good they're one of the old head groups that still sounds amazing that still yeah. look amazing that yeah. still yeah. they still can get on that stage and do their thing what you expected them to do from back in the day and actually if i'm to be honest they it's actually better. sound better now to yeah me. they do yeah they do. <laughs> they do i was thinking the same thing yeah. i was thinking the same thing because they were so young then too like their voices have matured but also like they're There's just way they're, more you know, they're just more skit exactly yeah exactly they've just yeah. been able to refine it so well with their and they all take their job like i respect the fuck out of escape because they clearly all take their job very seriously seriously you know what i'm saying and the fact i like how they had everybody featured you know uh for the for the you know what i mean for the thing so everybody got to be a lead yeah in terms of all the songs they sung and they're but, predominantly um, dark skinned girl group Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, eleven year old me. Okay, yeah. and my cassette tape. I got my life. <laughs> Watch it. And Watch and, and Latasha wasn't skinny. She wasn't. No, you know, no, I remember she wasn't skinny. She yeah. was. She was exactly. one of the. She was a thicker girl, and they were talking Real about skinny. she needed to lose weight, lose weight. But JD didn't like. Even if there was behind the scenes pressure to lose weight, he did not put her on the camera. He did not. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. You, yeah, because they knew. would they would do that back in the day. Yeah. They were like, we'll feature more of these girls and not this girl. Yep. Yes. Yep. It didn't. Yep. I, you, I, for me, in my experience with this escape, they were in that kind of in vogue s vibe in the sense of they all got shine like when we yes. when we when i saw yeah. in vogue you you knew terry you knew cindy you knew exactly. don you knew max right. you, knew, you knew all of them and they had all their voices were featured on a song not mm-hmm. every single song but you knew they all could sing exactly and escape was exactly. in that in that realm um of girl groups that you it, it wasn't really a lead. Like you, you knew Latasha. Was Latasha, dope. right? But you yeah, knew Latasha was but, the but, main but you, but you, but you need, but you need Candy to hold that line. You need Candy. That, you, you need, need everybody tiny. in there. Yeah, you need everybody because they, they all got mm-hmm. songs where they wore out. Lady of Soul Award, which is what they were getting this year, right? Yes. Um, I think Lady of Soul Award for a group. 
I think I think it was perfect. I think that they're great. I think that they mm -hmm. are, you know, unsung. My sisters are solid Gen X. They're like 52, oh, gotcha. 53, 54. Okay. And so they they raised me. They helped raise me. So I was just up under them. I was up under them for all the new Jack Swing era. Um, like staying at my sister's house, not just like at my, you know what I'm saying? Like I was up under them. So like that was that was my shit. For me, <laughs> you couldn't tell me that at all. I love <laughs> I love that era because it was a unit. It was very unisex. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I could, I could rock I, even as, you know, growing up as a little boy, when I started to get into my queerness and not, you know, I couldn't really just get into the film. I, I had to ease it in there whenever I could. I could, I could rock what Aaliyah was wearing. I could rock that kind of tomboyish look that the yeah. brat was going yeah. for or, yeah. or escape. Yeah. Aaliyah definitely. I honey, I gave Aaliyah all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that kind of tomboyish um low ride jeans, low baggy, mm -hmm. low ride jeans, make midriff showing, um shit like that. I could do that from it easily transferred me to being a a feminine butch queen to honey a film queen really easy right. yeah. during that time <laughs> yeah and so yeah. even though i knew it was gimmicky um it was i love the gimmick of it all because you know it allowed me to be in that space too it was nothing for girls to be if they like it got a boyfriend or something to be rocking the girl version of yeah. their dude's clothes like you know yeah. It'd be some jeans yep. and some Tims or jeans and some Jordans where I'm from. We didn't, I, I think mm. Timberlands and shit. That's like more East Coast and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, um, and Chuck's being like West Coast. My mom used to ride me about what I was wearing. I used to joke, I used to get her, you know, say back, like, Mom, but the girls look dressed wearing boys' clothes. I'm not even wearing boys' clothes. You're talking about I need to wear what girls like, exactly. what are you talking about? And she taught in high school. I was like, You teach in high school, it is 1998. What are you talking about? We both in high school right now. Like, what is, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you know what the girls are doing. Exactly. So why are you on my case? I'm going to put some earrings. And I'm not even I, wearing nobody's baggy jeans. <laughs> yeah, I could, for me, if I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be Coco from SWV, baby. I oh, wanted yeah. the long nails. Oh, yeah. I wanted the yeah. boobs. I wanted, you know, they'll oh, be yes, they'll be in boys' yeah. baggy clothes, but, you know, they'll, they'll have the long, floy-ass wrap <laughs> and the nails. And the hoop mm -hmm. earrings or something. So they just had a more, um, they just had more of a feminine touch. Oh, it's uh, the SWV? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they had a more Absolutely. feminine touch. Absolutely. Because so, I feel like JD was steering them in that kind of the brat girls in the hood. Uh, it I was mean, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, he, said, mm -hmm. he said on the award show, he was like, you know, I was trying to create like a female version of Jodeci, a girl's version of Jodeci. Yeah. Essentially. I can see and that. I never, right. And when he, exactly, as soon as he said it, it was like, oh, yeah. That <laughs> like, makes sense. That makes total sense. You, you did it. <laughs> they not as nasty as Jodeci, but you did yeah. it. But they're boys. <laughs> they they can't be that. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm glad they're not. I'm just... <laughs> But yeah, it's like, oh, I see it. <laughs> Audience, if you have watched <laughs> the Soul Train Music Awards, or if you have watched, um, if you have anything to 
contribute to this conversation. Yeah, the Grio Awards too. <laughs> Tell us what y'all thought about it. Who were your favorite performances? What um what do, if y'all old head like us, what um you know what do y'all miss? <laughs> <laughs> what do y'all miss? Me will be back next week. All right, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I told you, you know. to start at three. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, hashtag Marcus Play. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. This weekend while I was resting. <laughs> I decided to watch um, Wednesday on Netflix, which is a new series that revolve around Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I'm not going to like spoil anything, but it was, it was so good. It was good. It was interesting. Um, the way everything that they did around it, centering her, it reminded me of when they, the, I don't remember, was it, um, I don't remember what movie it was, but you remember when, um, Wednesday had fucked up the, the summer camp. <laughs> I don't and know if I saw that one. <laughs> There was one when she was fucking up the summer camp and like they were having like Thanksgiving <laughs> and she burned it down. It was, it oh, was shit. yes, it was fine. <laughs> so it reminded me of that, but like just a series revolving around Wednesday because it usually will revolve around the whole family. Anytime you see right. Adam family um, movie or series, it revolves around the whole family, but this revolved around Wednesday. And they brought back Christina Ricci. The original, yeah. not the original. There was one that always back in the black and white. <laughs> the black and white well, from the movie, movie. Yeah. yeah, the the old old one. But from the movies, um, is Christina Ricci, uh, in the nineties, and and they brought her back for a cameo. And I really, really love when people come back to revamps of their their characters. Mm-hmm. But um, not actually the character, but just like and, on the show. And it, I love when they do that. Recently, another show that another movie that I watched, I watched um, Fright Night, the newer, the newest version of Fright Night. And mm. I remember when in the '80s, Fright Night, it was 
it was so I love that movie. It was a vampire movie. I love vampire movies. Uh, so okay. cool. They had um the the woman, the girl in the um in the um in the movie was um Marcy from Married with Children. She was she was uh, a teenager. Uh, okay. And, you know, so it re- it just reminded me, it's just a, a classic 80s thriller vampire movie. Yeah. So recently they did a remake of it. And um and in the movie, I'm watching it and their remake is it's, it's going really good. Like they're doing, they're adding things that you, you know, that did weren't in the story, making it a different story, adding mm-hmm. some details, you know, they're doing their creative um thing, and it's going mm-hmm. good. I'm loving, loving, and then all of a sudden, close to the end, the vampires chase the main vampire is chasing them. And this dude get out the car to help him because they get in this crash running from the vampire. Uh-huh. And the dude get out the car, and it's the dude from the very old one, the old one that was oh, the, word. The, okay. the dude yeah. that was the old yeah. main vampire. Okay, the one who played him, he comes back as the innocent bystander helping him out while they running from huh. the. <laughs> while they're running from yeah. the, um, the the vampire in this movie. And I thought that was so fucking cool. I thought it was so fucking mm-hmm. cool. And so on Wednesday, on Netflix, Netflix versions, um, when they brought Christina Ritchie back, I, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I got randomly and surprisingly emotional. And in my oh, brain, wow. I was like, why am I so attached to this character? Like, yeah. And yeah. particularly her. Um, I, I wasn't a I don't I don't I wasn't alive when the Adam family, the old one, like the black and white version. I wasn't I wasn't alive during that time. So the one that mm-hmm. I know is the one with um Angelica Houston, mm-hmm. Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. What was the mm-hmm. Gomez real name? Something Raus, Raus, Raul. I'm not sure. Something not I can't sure. remember the Latina guy's name. Um, but Angelica Houston and Christina Ricci, and and for me, this is just growing up. I, I had to really break it down because I don't be getting emotional over no. <laughs> those, kind of, those kind of people. <laughs> I was like, what is going on with this? And why do I love um Christina Ritchie so much? It is because mm-hmm. of Wednesday. It is because of Wednesday mm-hmm. of who the character is. Mm-hmm. Even if you go back and watch Wednesday on the old one, the black and white from before yeah, the TV alive, show. The TV show version. Wednesday has always been, always been a feminist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has mm-hmm. always, through every depiction of her, she has any kind of reinventions. One thing that stayed true about Wednesday Adams is that she had a feminist role. She was always mm-hmm. asking the tough questions of why boys get to do this, why girls get to do this. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. She has okay. always been that kind of even if it wasn't blatant, it was clear that this is that she's having she she's, she's challenging she's challenging, challenging the, the status quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so and then in the 90s as Christina Ricci in in that era, same exact thing. Even the conversation that she was having during the during the movie when she was talking about 
they slaughtered the natives. <laughs> mm. Y'all are sitting here acting like pilgrims and celebrating pilgrims, but mm. the reality is that they slaughtered them. And mm. they, she's saying this in the movie in the 90s. <laughs> wow. And so for me, she's always been a character that represented the kind of girl that I feel like challenged the status quo, like Daria or MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were the antithesis of the popular girl. They were the mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. They were the opposite, mm-hmm. and they just were. They were always smarter. They were always more witty, and so. Right. Right, this is right. why I like these characters. I love Daria. I love Wednesday. I love um, mm-hmm. just these people. These these characters that I that I just have always been staples. And I think that's why I got emotional with when I yeah. ha- not sad yeah. emotional happy emotional like, nostalgic. I was like just nostalgic. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm I was I'm so glad that she re- respected this role because that's what it's about to me. Mm-hmm. What makes it important when they come back um to do to to kind of not to do the role again but to come back to a remake of it 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 lets us know that you respected this role and and the part that it played in your life and and yeah and you know the important that you had in this franchise you know that we fucking love you in because of this role Yeah. yeah and so seeing her come back in this role um not saying that your life got to revolve around it, but I think it shows a respect. It's, it shows a certain respect and reverence to your fans when you do something mm-hmm. like this. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I didn't like um, this new version of Sex in the City, mm-hmm. I understand that Sam uh, had her issue with Sarah Jessica Parker, but bitch, we love you, Kim, because of how you played Sam. Even if you don't come back as a permanent fixture, come back to this franchise to mm. show reverence to your fucking audience. I get it. Oh, Kim Cattrall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. But she plays. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I okay. feel like I don't know. I feel like you have a. And this might be just me being an arrogant fan. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you can. Make, I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not gonna be mad, but it's a disappointment. I'm not mad yeah, at Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at yeah. Kim, because I understand these motherfuckers was trying it or whatever, whatever, whatever the reason mm-hmm. that she was going through. Mm-hmm. But I feel like coming back for this iconic role, and it does not have to be permanent, but just to show, look, I know y'all care about this, so I'm a, I ain't going to come back and do the whole season, but I'll come right, back and show right, my face. Right, I'll right, come and show my right. face because I know y'all care about this. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell the writers, hey, just write me in for this one episode <laughs> mm-hmm. and be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, the, it got me emotional. And so I guess my when I was watching Wednesday, I love how they did it. I love the new actress. I love I do not like mm-hmm. Gomez and Angelica because Gomez and Angelica are have always been um, relationship goals forever, <laughs> forever relationship mm-hmm. goals. Just how much <laughs> they love each other and how they are into each other. It feels mm. like what I loved about um, um, Gomez in the 90s and Angelica Houston when she played Morticia in the 90s, um, mm. they played those characters. They could be on screen and you wouldn't even, they almost like in their own world because they're so infatuated with each other. He would be kissing on her, <laughs> kissing on her hand, kissing on her neck. Like it's almost, oh, okay. this, is, this is how you dream your parents are. <laughs> 
<laughs> like they should be into each other. And I, mm. I just love that relationship. So in this particular see in this particular show, yeah. it is um Catherine Zeta Jones and I don't know the, uh, this guy name. He always be playing mm. um he always plays villains or something. So I don't know. So he comes in and I just don't like them together. I don't see the chemistry. I don't, it's, just, it's just not my thing. Let so me, let that, me look that was my first. only gripe. Let me look up this. Let me look yeah, this. Yeah, look up. it up. Because they. Yeah. that's my only gripe is I don't feel Gomez or Morticia. But mm-hmm. I do like Pugsley. Because Pugsley looked more like I would think uh, Adam's son would look. Oh, oh, Luis Guzman. Yeah, okay. so him, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Villain. so I don't get, I don't get that he's, um, but I try to let people play how they want to play. This is your new character. It's a character, but it's your way of playing it. I just love that part of, um, that's always been a staple of Gomez and Morticia's relationship, that they were so in, in love and into each other. What are some characters that you grew up with that you like really, really love that resonated with you. Yeah, definitely Punky Brewster. Um, she was my girl. Me and my cousin used to live and watch Punky Brewster. Um, Cause she was just, you know, like I used to, I mean, I used to stay in different, well, I stayed at home, but I also stayed like at my mom, you know, my other mom's house and da da da. So I kind of related to just kind of moving around a lot, a little bit, you know, even though I still had like stability. Um, but I still was what like, was the premise of Punky Brewster? Oh, sorry, Punky Brewster is a, an orphan that gets adopted by this dude, and they live in this apartment. And also, Cherry is there, Cherry Johnson, who's a black girl that also lives in the apartment. And they go on adventures, and you also learn never to what go into a refrigerator. <laughs> like, that's some, do you remember that episode where Cherry goes? I never like Punky Brewster. So oh, I you, love you're teaching Punky me something. Brewster. I love Punky Brewster. And also, like, she was a tomboy, right? Like, Punky Brewster was a tomboy. So, like, I definitely, you know, more than anything connected. As you can with see that. why I didn't like Punky Brewster. <laughs> exactly. But, like, I live. She was a tomboy. Also, you know, like I said, like, you know, like, you know, whatever. So, I connected with that. Um, you know, she wore cool clothes, you know, it was the 80s, so it was like lots of like you know, armbands and shit and jean jackets and all that. Anyway, jackets with packet with patches and shit (laughs) on it. She had her ponytails with a bunch of fucking Yes. And so she would explore shit. I used to play uh with some kids on my block. We used to uh jump on the garages and like you know, I used to play with these boys, you know what I'm saying? Like run around in the alley and you know, all kinds of stuff. So I definitely as a kid, it was like this is a this is another little girl, right? Like that is, you know, just out here roughing it and having a good time, you know, out here having a good time. Um also let me see characters like the grassy uh, I did like Blossom. I did like Blossom. She was smart. She was not necessarily super tomboy, but she also wasn't like super femme with her gender. I mean, sometimes she as she got old, as the character got older, yeah. and they did that with a lot of characters as they got older. If they were tomboys. They would, you know. But um, Joe on Facts of Life and Tootie on Facts of Life. I hate because Joe life. Facts of Life. You know, was this show? <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> 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 that, was the show in the 80s, look, right? 
And look, look, like school. that's a little too old for me. I feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I watch a lot of syndicated TV, you know, you know, hey, it was the 80s, lots of syndicated. So it mean I kind of grew up on Carol Burnett, you know what I mean? Even though it wasn't no. I love me some Carol Burnett. Go exactly. Ahead. But you know that's out of my age range. I know that's a little older than me. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I was I have older parents too. That I think I've mentioned that before. My parents had me and they were like 34, 33. So like everybody was old. <laughs> me so, was older. Maybe like some yeah. Moesha? Well, I mean, I liked Moesha. I connected with Moesha. I definitely had my like spoken word poetry you know, era with a lot of black people. Young people at the time, so I connected on that I'm level. I'm trying to think of some black but, ones, so but, like the twins. Uh, were you into Tia Tamara? Well, some of the black ones I would say would be I connected with Family Matters. I kind of connected with Laura Winslow, not completely. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like pieces of it, right? Like for me, it's, for me, it's like <laughs> I've connected with pieces of characters, not really any like full characters. So like the aspect with with family matters, and maybe it's more so family matters in general than her, but like the fact that they lived in a house that looked like my house in the opening credits was already like off the bat. I was like, mm. And also when I was younger, but I lived in kind of like an intergener it was an intergenerational household. So we lived in the house. My uncle lived upstairs and stuff like that. So I connected with that kind of element. Um, and then Vanessa on Bernie Mac because we moved. And so some, some of the stuff, even though I was older when it came out, when it, you know, some of the stuff that she, you know, some of the stuff she kind of navigated as the character, I could relate to that kind of like. On Bernie um, Mac, Vanessa? On Bernie Mac, yeah. On Bernie oh, Mac. Oh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Not, that's why I said it's like pieces of, oh yeah, from Bernie Mac. So it's like pieces of the character aspects, like navigating, you know, new surroundings and new people. You're navigating white people. You're navigating money. You're navigating uh, kind of a lot of different, uh, you're used to this and that. They're used to that. And you're kind of having to learn like all this class, you know, whatever, all these different things. So I definitely connected to the character with that because I'm probably like 20. Married with children. I love mm -hmm. the, the kids. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Living single too. too. Living single too. How can I forget living single? Oh, living single was my shit. Yeah, living single. I, obviously, I connected with Queen Latifah. Oh, Queen Latifah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Max. Max, really more so Max too. Max my, yeah, mine was so Max. Max. That's yeah. who was my girl. Max was um, my girl. But uh, but I can definitely connect it more with the gender expression situation over with Queen Latifah, with mm -hmm. Khadija, but connected more character wise and <laughs> quirky wise with Max. So. Yeah, I hated Ray and like, I hated Sinclair. They were, uh, uh, we, they were needed uh, them, that we needed yeah, yeah, them as yeah, characters, yeah. but yeah, 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 not your, Ray not your vibe. Ray Jean <laughs> is totally not who I am. She gets on my nerves. Um, Sinclair, too stupid. I can't deal with her. Um, but, but definitely Max. Um, I, I love like how the shows like they would like with Khadija's character. Like, you know, you just have they always be trying to make people straight. And it's like, girl, we know, you know what I mean? And that was always that was fun, too, because that <laughs> that that's what that's what real subversive means. Like, it's subtle. It's not like. You don't say it out loud, like, but but it, that, that be, was kind of cool too, though. This might be surprising, mm. but for whatever reason, I really like this little bitch. <laughs> Cedar's world. 
Oh, Lord have mercy. No, that would make Can you explain what Cedar's world is? Because they both probably don't know. Cedar's world kind of came and went too, anyway, during when it was out. Yeah, so Cedar's world, she was like a virtual character that was Banshee. She was a Banshee black girl. And so she would, you know, she would, it was a music video show. <laughs> it was a music video show and she was the host Ooh. of the music video show. So in between the videos playing, she would come on and she would say little funny, little witty stuff. She was a Banshee girl. I really want to know who was Sita. Was she, did who did the she, voice? Who did the voice? I would love to yeah. know who that was. I, I, yeah. I, I I would want to know. Let me look at Cedar's World. I mean, Cedar's World. Cedar's World was like, yeah. If you listeners, if you get a chance, please watch Cedar's World and let us know what you think. Hashtag Marcus Play Two. Cause like <laughs> Cedar's World was Cedar's World was like it was a moment. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a moment. And and you know, forgive the graphics. It was a very long time ago. <laughs> Her name is Callie Troy. Let me see what Callie okay. Troy. If Callie Troy is fat, I'm gonna cuss BT out. If they Uh-oh. made her virtual just because she was fat. That sounds like some shit they would have did in the 90s, right? Oh, she wasn't fat. So her name is Callie Troy. She did Cedar's World. And it was just something about Cedar that I was like, oh, if she was a real person, I don't feel like it would have went over well. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel no, like no, she would have been very respectability politics. She's too ratchet and don't represent us. Yeah, but no, I feel definitely. like as a virtual character, she w- it was more acceptable for her to be ratchet. And I live. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yo, I can't I even believe Cedar's World just came up. That's so funny. <laughs> um, That's why I said it's surprising, but I love... It's just something about, I would love to see them revisit that. Like, I would love to, like, at the BET Awards, yeah. bring, bring Cedar back to present an award or something. I love that. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I did like Moesha when it was out. I did connect with Moesha, like I said, because I was like a little writer, you know, doing my jam thing. Um, I was into as a singer. I was not into her as an actor. Mm, I did not. I don't think I made it through. All of Moesha, I think I made it through. You know what I mean? Like, cause like I was like probably like the first couple seasons, and then kind of phased out. Shit, Polly was my shit with Keisha Napoleon. That was my shit because it was Definitely. like black girl musical. Because it was like the only like outside of the Wiz. Uh-huh. It was like the only like it was like a featured you know like thing on NBC or, or whatever the fuck it was on. Mm-hmm. But that was my shit. And I got my life to Polly with Keisha Knight, you know, because this is Rudy, you know, mm. from when she was during the, it was while uh, Cosby Show was still on. Yeah. So that was the shit. No. You know, um, and, and the little boy that is in Moonwalker, you seen Moonwalker, Michael Jackson Moonwalker? The little boy uh, that looked like Michael years Jackson. Years ago. Like anyway, he's in that. He was, you know, it was like a whole little set of black actors. Like kid actors, remember mm. that would be kind of like in a lot of indifferent stuff. And he was when one I think of, those of a people. little boy that's being like Michael Jackson's. I think of Carlton. Carlton, like Fresh Prince. Yeah, because he was a Michael Jackson impersonator too when he was little. Yeah, no, no, no. This dang, I'm gonna look him up because he was in other stuff. I think he was like, 
I don't know. I think he might have been in a different world as a kid for like mm. one of the school things. You know, he was just like around. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, know, you know how some of them kids, you know, yeah. it was, it, I felt like as a black kid who was into the art, performing arts, it was, you could, you saw, you didn't see it all the time, but you know, you saw folks working. You saw certain people that would be in different stuff. Facts. Yeah. You know what's crazy to me that I just realized, and I should have known it, but I didn't. I didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. I just realized that Orlando Brown, the one that's going crazy and me doing all this crazy stuff, mm-hmm. saying crazy mm-hmm. shit, that is a little boy from Major Pain. What? Yes. I, 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 know I did that. not know that. That little boy oh. from Major Pain is the crazy Orlando Brown that said he. That be crazy. Yeah, crazy all stuff. kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is that little boy. Mm. I was like, "What is going on?" That is crazy. So yeah, that's I didn't know yeah. that, I didn't that out. That's yeah, pretty that wild. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, like Cherry Johnson, that's Cherry. She's in uh, you know, that's Laura's friend in uh, Family Matters. But she but started off on Laura's friend is also the girl in um, Nickelodeon's Camp Anawana, right? Cherry, yeah. probably, yeah, yeah. See, there's That's a, what I'm saying, folks. Do you remember like that working. show? Did you watch Nickelodeon? I didn't. I I did, but I don't. Re- I watched that. I didn't really watch that show. I watched oh. uh, on Nickelodeon. I watched Roundhouse. I really love that show because it's like the kind really? of you know watch Roundhouse. I, I love it. I was into the performance <laughs> arts. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, kids are performing Roundhouse and Kids Incorporated. That was oh, my shit. Wow. You can tell me shit about. God damn. Who did I connect with? Rashad Patterson. Rashad Patterson. That's, that's the only time I watch Kids Incorporated. I connected with the kid. That's one of the TV characters I definitely connected with. And like, I knew I was queer. I knew he was queer. I did not know what I was talking about, but I knew there was a connection beyond just being black kids. Wow. Okay. Okay, I Even did. Then, I, I did love no. Rashad Patterson, but only when he sang, of course. Um, Camp Ottawa. <laughs> Uh, Camp Anawana, we hold you in our hearts. And when I know I you about you, you make me want to fart. No. <laughs> but the no. black I mean, man that I, is Lord is Cherry. I was I the boy from um, the boy from um, Sister Act 2. Uh, <laughs> Sings on Happy Day was the character. <laughs> <laughs> that was me growing up. So I was like, I can't. I know. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was a kid in second grade. I was like, oh no, these people massacred my people. We're not, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this today. I'm, I'm dead ass. Hilarious. I'm dead ass serious. No, I, didn't have, I didn't get that woke. Uh, I didn't get that woke that education until. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that until a little bit later. I when mm-hmm. I I got into it's called ACT, Ashante's um, Children Theater, and um, ooh, it was wow. a children theater yes, that they, they had programs. Yeah, the <laughs> they were. Um, it was a children's <laughs> troupe that they did at the Madam C J Walker Theater in Indianapolis, the, the famed, um, and that's when I started to be exposed to Hotepery. <laughs> Hotepery and you know extreme hotepery and like normal. I'm just teaching you black, real black history. Right. Um, right. 
and that's when I started to get those kind of non because I because I grew up in church there was like a respectable blackness that was you know, mm-hmm. you know middle class respectable blackness that was sold at the church but mm-hmm. these people at the at the children theater they were more you know they were more connect they they had kind of denounced christianity it was a lot of muslims it was a lot of um, uh, okay. um orisha worshiper african traditional religion mm-hmm. it was a bunch mm-hmm. of um you know late erica badu before erica badu <laughs> everybody had dreads everybody had hair wraps mm-hmm. you know the, the, those yeah. kind of those yeah. kind of women and that's when i was that's still black like arts movement er, you yeah. know kind of down. Very, yeah. Yes, very black yeah. arts movement yeah. type people. Um, yeah. Black Panther, all of them were like ex-Black Panthers chapter at the Chicago chapter that done moved to Indianapolis <laughs> and started, you know, doing art, doing play, doing all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's was, really dope. Yeah, that's when I started to get into that kind of level. By the time I was watching uh, Camp Anawana on Nickelodeon. I was too, I was young, so I wasn't. <laughs> Yo, listen, I ain't got that yet. Listen, um, the church. I think I told you, like our church was like kind of at that time um, when I was growing up through the eyes of my childhood, and also that's how it was when I was growing up. It was more Afro Christianity centered and liberation theology focused. So we would like me. No, nah, I was Baptist. So really? we would do like Kwanzaa at church. We would do um, See, at, in but, our city. AME was like that. Oh, uh, okay. It, but they also, you know, you had your ten forty five service where that's that's everybody, common folk. And that seven forty five service is bougie, 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 bougie. You know, um, and because it's an older church, it's the oldest black Baptist church. So like, it's definitely that mainline respectability piece. But you also had, you know, this artist, this art piece, just like. Pretty much, it was like going to, it was like a, the church felt like you were like in an HBCU kind of thing, environment, plus like city, like hood, like still, you still had, like it was both kind of, you know, but anyway, we had a lot of black history stuff at church. And then the books I had at the crib, it was like the pictorial history, ebony history book at the crib. So just, it was just some stuff I was just looking through and it was amazing because it's four vibes and it was made in like 1970. So I'm coming to school like the fuck, <laughs> but um, but also my mom because she was a teacher, she was able to access black shit for kids, and so I had a lot of children's books around black history too. Yes, the black book. Tony Morrison curated this, the black book, in the seventies, I think. Yeah. Um, and I remember how i was introduced to this book <laughs> was yes. the Asante children theater <laughs> yes yeah 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 um, I, I have owned it ever since i was a kid i always bought it yes dude like fam like that's one thing i'm very grateful for just coming up during that era i I'm, um was in this thing city ballet theater similar thing that's how i stopped eating pork <laughs> it was wrong going there and i was wow. like 10 and I'm okay and I, I came home and i ate my last pork child i was like mom it's gonna be my last it's my last <laughs> <laughs> and she made some good fried Maybe pork my mama like, would have said okay and at first you know there was some you know but also you know eventually everybody's putting turkey in their greens over time and stuff like that so 
you know but yeah like that but to your point like it was that also that art space for kids and like the the counselors and the art the folks working with us were like instilling that black pride and history and just the cultural piece so audience let us know what characters did you resonate when you was growing up like mm -hmm. what are some people that spoke to you on a the fictional characters not real people Fictional characters who resonated with you when you were younger. All right. Hashtag Marsha's Play. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but Charles Barkley, you know, a couple like this summer, he came out and said some stuff like, if you had a problem with gay people or trans people, come see me about it, basically. Um, and, you know, that was helpful. Very supportive, very ally like. Yeah. Um, um, more recently, um, he has said he uh, he said one thing. Okay, so uh, okay, so this time he said uh, one thing that's disappointed. One thing that's always disappointed me: black people treat gay people. One thing that's always disappointed me, black people treat gay people. We are the worst when it comes to treating gay people. And that's one thing growing up, it has always bothered me. And I want to reach out to you and all my gay friends and all my transgender friends and tell you, tell me and tell me you, man, I got nothing but love and respect for you. And then he said something about being black is like, like being gay. I want, <laughs> I want, I want you. I want you to be you, he added. I understand being black, what it is like being gay because you get mistreated. And it's really unfortunate and sad and stupid to be honest with you. So that's what he said. Some people I think are kind of being extra in their response, but uh, I'm, let me just read these two quotes one more time. <laughs> just I'll get them real synced. One thing that's always disappointed me, black people treat gay people. We are the worst when it comes to treating gay people. And that's one thing growing up. It's always bothered me. And I want to reach out to you and all my gay friends and my transgender friends and tell you I ain't got nothing but love and respect for you. And then said, I understand being black, what it is like being gay because you get mistreated and it's really unfortunate and sad and stupid to be honest with you. Yeah. One. Yeah. Black people treat gay people. We're the worst when it comes to treating gay people. It's always bothered me. Do you believe that's true? Absolutely not. <laughs> and we know it's not Why? true. We statistically know it's not true, first of all. And then also, like, people are, you know, this is a very segregated country. Most black There's people. There's a lot live of people that people. agree with him, though. So white people live around black, white people, you know. So let's, yeah. let, let's be clear. There are many black people, black queer yep. people, that yep. have said this many of times. Yeah, will make the implication that homophobia and transphobia is worse in the black community. There is many people who have said that and will agree with Charles Barkley. So, LJ, can you please tell us why they shouldn't agree with that statement? <laughs> First of all, let's just start with the fact that most white people live around white people. Proximity. Most black people live around black people. Most Latinx folks live around other Latinx. You know what I'm saying? Most API Pacific Islander folks live around other Asian Pacific Islander folks. Most Native American Most folks. Most of your community lives by your community. All, all over. But like, point is, most people live around, yeah, live around the proximity issue, right? So it's like, 
I talked, I, you know, you talk to white people, you know, they be dealing with other white people. <laughs> Most black people are dealing with other black people. So like, okay, I could, yeah, your worst experience was with somebody else that's black. That makes sense. <laughs> but it don't mean black people statistically are more homophobic or more transphobic than any any other, you know, group of people. Um, and I do know, I don't have those stats on me, but I do know there have been like service, you know, stats around this, uh, gauging responses to community stuff. And it usually turns out that black folks actually aren't as pretty, you know, we ain't, it ain't, it ain't all the same. I do hear a lot of people talking about, um, because, of white supremacy white men get the freedom to show up in more ways of masculinity than black men and because of that sometimes the policing of black masculinity can be a little more intense do you agree yeah, I do agree that there's an element of, you know, uh, I mean, all, no black people, all black people are dealing with hypersexualization. All black bodies are dealing with all this other shit, to your point, from, you know, this assault from white supremacy on our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I do think that is a factor that is like from trauma that's real. So you don't think that that factor could make it seem like it's worse in our community because not only just because of that police and the masculinity, but also the pressure of respectability politics and the pressure of that um, fictive, that fictitious kinship that we have, like what we don't have the luxury of being individual. So your represent your representation of malehood, your representation of womanhood represents us all. So you can't make us all look bad by, by this dyke shit. You can't make us all be bad by this faggot shit. You, you, you being this abomination makes us all look bad. You, you, they're yeah, already trying think, to emasculate black men, and here you go trying I to think, be a factor. I think it depends on where people reside, right? I think like it depends on like the type of community that you're living in. You know, I think that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like class is a factor. Like the stratification within the black community around class or region, like the West, like being on the West Coast now, like the West Coast, I'm not saying people don't have to deal with their shit, but this shit is way more relaxed, right? Like black folks are way more chill. Um, I see people acknowledging gay people in like these like really cultural kind of hotel spaces and being like, yeah, queer people, lesbians, like, you know, our community. And it's like all black people. Like I would never see that in the Midwest. Period. Mm. Ain't no way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no way, right? And so I, I do think it depends on like where you're at, like the community that you live in. And then also like white people deal it like when I went to college, when I went to UW Madison, it was the first time I was dealing with like meeting like white gay people from like rural areas and stuff. Like they got their own shit too, right? Because you're dealing with smaller communities, rural communities um the local fag the local whatever the local you know like in dealing with um 
those different pressures uh, and like stratification yeah, themselves. Exactly, and 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 in many ways, you know, if you are living in the city, you got more resources if you live in the city. If you get kicked out, you got more. You have more proximity to other people in the community. You have a bit more so if you're in a rural kind of isolated area. Like, how the fuck do you even get out there? There's no bus that goes out there. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, and then you got you know, and then you got folks in suburb. You know, so I think it depends. And then also, like everybody got their shit for whatever group they like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we got, so like for white folks, it wouldn't necessarily necessarily, it wouldn't necessarily be around race, but it could be around economics. You get what I'm saying? Around masculinity and like being hyper vigilant and hyper policing around it. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> it depends. I think, it, I think, I don't think, you know, uh, you, like the, the, the guy, Remember the dad that of the person, the killer from mm-hmm. uh, Club Q? Yeah. Right? And he was like, oh, that's great. He's not gay. <laughs> like, you and, get what I'm saying? And, and and I think we, I think Christian, because it's a, it's a religious thing, people like to erase white racism from Christian fundamentalism, but it is embedded. Like, they are entangled. Yeah. They are yeah. entangled in each other. And so there are tons of you will find recently I saw a video on TikTok of this white pastor talking about the people at Club Q. Um, they deserve it. Like he wants to see, like he was promoting that kind of That's killing. Wild. And so, and he was white. And I and there's tons of Christian fundamentalists that I have seen that are white that you know, it. That's one of. I remember one of the sayings that I that I hear a lot is that back in the racist time, back back then, <laughs> not like the, it's all racist time, <laughs> but back in like the segregation, the the most segregated time was noon <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> because right, the right, white people, right. you couldn't come to this church. Right. You couldn't come to this white church <laughs> as a black person. You could not, yeah. and so. Uh, for me, I think people erase racism out of far right Christian fundamentalism when it is intertwined. There is a freedom that white men have when it comes to their sexuality. Yeah, period. I don't want to say it's just um, totally free, like that. there's no homophobia in there. No, but there is a level of freedom. Also, there are these pockets of um, interesting things that go on in the Latin community that that I have seen um, that kind of surprise me sometimes. So yes, you got the I think what is the machismo or machismo or what yeah. I can't remember name, but yeah, there is that yeah. yeah that concept and of course homophobia exists in all these cultures. But there was something about. Um, in my Midwest city, mm-hmm. and I've seen it in other cities that I've been in, there was a trans woman that worked, open trans woman that worked at the Latina strip club. Mm-hmm. Openly. And mm-hmm. it wasn't no scandal. Mm-hmm. I can't see that happening now in my city. Now, I don't know. And even in the city right now in Houston which is a big it had a huge stripper culture i think rivaled only by like atlanta 
Oh, wow. <laughs> like the the stripper yeah. Atlanta, I think got one of the biggest stripper cultures, but um, but Houston, Atlanta, and Vegas, I mean that's stripper right. Um, right. But you can't be an open trans woman and work at the strip club, at the black strip. Mm-hmm. Club. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's it's you're it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And so, but I have seen multiple times that a trans woman was stripping at the predominantly Latina strip club openly. Like they knew she was a trans woman working there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. none of the niggas was making a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. And so while mm-hmm. I know that homophobia and transphobia exist in these communities, mm-hmm. there are certain things that I see let slide, which indicates that there is some kind of nuance happening in these cultures yeah i mean i see it in our community too i mean like i know like there's a cat that like the most hotep of the hotep Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he fucks with gay people he fucks with trans people in terms of getting them connected to employment you know it's like even though like that's his steez you know what i'm saying like he's still like you black Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try you know i'm gonna try to help you you know what i mean we're just not gonna talk about it (laughs) or some shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. not saying it's like problematic right but what I'm saying is like in particular, right? Like that they, you know, find a way to support uh black, queer, and trans people. Mm. Um and then I was also thinking like because it's so concentrated, when it's concentrated, it feels more intense. It I don't think it necessarily means that it's wor- worse. Cause when you talk about machismo, I'm sure there's Latino men who got some like really wild stories, right? You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. That's my. I don't know. I I, guess that's my question. It's the same thing I thought about when I was when I was trying to examine um, P Valley. Like we're talking about Mississippi. I grew up in Indianapolis, but I went to Mississippi when I was fucking eighteen, and I stayed there for twelve years, ten years, and. In the rural area and in the city of Jackson, <laughs> if you want to call it a city, it is a city, right, but, right, know, right, right, it's not right. far from rural either. Um, but of course, I'm gonna suspend my disbelief just to watch the show. But it is very hard for me to believe that an Uncle Clifford could exist in a rural town in Mississippi in a position of power at a sex at a stripper sex club at a strip you get what i'm saying it it i they explained it in the story but i talk about this it i just cannot fathom mm-hmm. that being a reality it just because of the pressure of um but do you i have a question then for that though but do uh-huh. you think kind of similarly to how you said you talked about with the strip club um you know <sighs> Especially, I don't know, you know, the South is different. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you think, you know, because it'd be like, so y'all cool with this, but not cool with that. So it's like, you know, do you think just like, it just, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think it just like depends? Because like, you see some really weird shit where folks be like, really accepting of some shit. That, Give me an example. Okay. And so, I'm not talking about, oh, that's my cousin. We know he gay. We not going to bother him. That's really common, but I'm talking about. But doesn't Uncle Clifford isn't a part of the reason he can exist in that way is because he know people. Is that a reality? 
in the real world to be in that position of money and power that right. that cliff is it, it yeah. for me it feels a little far-fetched i want to see it but it feels a little far-fetched i feel yeah. like because of what because of the layers of racism mm -hmm. the layers of homophobia in these places you get what i'm saying if the black people even let you get to that peak of power in this house the white people ain't gonna let you do it you get what i'm saying like well, i'm just saying uh, yeah i let me be clear. I haven't seen the show because I got cable and didn't have a hookup. So, like, <laughs> so I didn't really watch P Valley. So, I'm coming from that perspective. But I, I was just imagining, like, in the Chitlin Circuit type of energy, like, a lot of times it'd be kind of like, in specifically, with Black people be having businesses or entertainment, then, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a space where it is a little bit a room because it's I, like i just i just I don't, don't agree this is why I don't and again agree. i haven't seen the show either so i don't really so basically have more clifford owns clifford inherited a strip club from oh, his he, mom inherited and mom. okay yes from uh -huh. a strip club and um it's the most popular strip club in this rural town cool okay so the thing about it this this is and I and I can only go by my my own experience in regards to, to seeing stuff and experiencing things. Mm. What starts to happen when you start gaining momentum in power and class and making money? And this is on my experience. I, it may be, and like I said, it may be some exceptions. I just ain't seen them yet. But if you even get close to Okay, the black people are accepting me. Okay, let's start at the women. Let's just start at the women. <laughs> so, all right, I I got a I got a salon. Mm -hmm. The women is accepting me. Mm -hmm. If I start being popular, the women who don't like queer shit will start hating on me. Yeah, you want thousand. Okay, you want thousand. You want thousand percent. Say a miracle. Say a miracle happened, and I win them bitches over. Okay, mm -hmm. so I don't want the women over. I grow a little bit bigger. If I start making so much money and people see my yeah. class shifting, the men is mm. gonna start hating on me and stop me from getting licenses, stop me from getting this building, stop me from getting whatever I access to, for me to get to the next level, then it's gonna I be the men. Okay, so I just beat this miracle. Okay, say that I beat the miracle of the niggas, the black niggas. Mm. Cool, I, I win them over. So now I got the black community and I'm doing my thing. As soon as I shift in another class bracket, white people are gonna come in and try to wear me out. Mm. It just feels like mm. every single time you go up as a queer person, there is some obstacle that you have to overcome that most people don't overcome. And mm. it gets to a point where it starts to be too much. And so in the case of Uncle Clifford, who owns this house, who owns this, and, and, and it'll be different. I'm talking about a fucking hair salon. This right. is a strip club. Right, right, so right, 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 right. Not only do you have do you have the layer of getting the women to accept you, getting the men to accept you, getting you get what I'm saying? Some men will even come yeah. and say, I'm not coming to this fucking strip club. It's a faggot in there. 
So your business okay. will go down. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, 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 so right, 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 And then you got the, then, then if you win them over, then you got the evangelicals. You think the evangelicals of Mississippi, rural Mississippi, is gonna let you this queen, mm. this this faggot dressing up, mm. run this Babylonian <laughs> <laughs> demonic mm. Jezebel, yeah, 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 fucking yeah strip club yeah. and get your permits and not get harassed by the police now on the show they said right, it, was, right. it was greasing the palms of the officers mm. mm. but sometimes it's just my own personal opinion sometimes those things don't even help you right right, right it makes that officer look bad just the fact that you exist how are you not getting them together right. in this right and, right and the rural area it, I, it would be more believable if it was the city Right, but because right. the rural areas of Mississippi are so white and so fucking um, when you get upper in the upper echelon of control, it's usually fucking white. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm not talking about the city because usually the city it can, it's mostly black people that that right that win right. in the um especially like the local city. stuff, yeah. but. When it comes to the police officers, people that really can wear you out in regards to power and stop you from getting to that level of power. It just it's so many loops that you gotta go through that it would it's hard for me to believe that that would be mm. possible. Is there exceptions to everything? Yes, but it's just it just doesn't feel common for us to win those exceptions. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I couldn't I go to the fucking black strip club and be a a bottle girl, let alone a stripper. Stripper, but my home. I mean, would, I mean the same. I mean, the same would be true for a white person in the rural area. I was assuming in Mississippi or Florida or. I could see that, but at least you wouldn't have the race thing to worry about. That's a hoop that you would. No, have to no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not denying that, but the race part is about Europeans need the contrast and just about a bullshit but that don't mean that black people are more homophobic or transphobic you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying it's like that ain't even about us that part like, like that i'm saying just in the condition of like how everybody's community is responding to the people and the kind of pressure you feeling it as the person who's getting it i feel like i think the kind like we just experience it differently because you're right because we have all this other shit going on but also like you said earlier it's like it's proximity so if I was in this enclave of a community, or if I was, you know, possibly coming from an immigrant family and our community is really tight knit and we don't fuck with no bullshit and we all know like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, shit, you know. So like I think it just depends. Like, you know, I don't necessarily think it means it means we're more of anything. I just think it means that like we experience it from other black people. <laughs> So it does feel like more, but I think if a person was another, uh, especially like coming from an immigrant family, my, you know, of another race would probably say, I feel like my, my community is the worst mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, because from the outside, y'all got RuPaul, y'all got T.S. Madison, y'all right. got Audi, da, 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 But for me, that could happen for me. I can see it. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm just playing and like, advocate. Ooh, like, fam, like when I was in California, I went to some rural kind of parts of California. Like, that's California. And like, 
it was not, you know, it was some next level shit, right? Because it was like, oh, you know, you don't want to get pulled over because then they put your name in the local newspaper on the front page that you went to the jail for one night, like kind of wow. shit in California. Oh, so it's cool. like, yeah, and I and and one of the people I I saw, I think they were, you know, family, and it was white people, and you know, they just, you know, they couldn't even really like mm. talk about it. Just was like a lot of shit because this is like out there. You know, um, and like economically, like the hood is better than that. You know what I'm saying? Because they're just so for sorry rural, right? And don't have access to get to like even like regular ass like stores and shit. Like it's some next level. So you know that's why that's I guess you know I think it's different for everybody. Yeah, and and everybody I think, I think has nuance in their communities too. Yes, I you think know? what you I think what you the bottom line is yes you are just like when white people be like um racist white people be like um but what about black on black crime that is the same it's <laughs> yeah, that kind of yeah, yeah like, it's similar yeah it's, exactly it's like yeah look, exactly it is <laughs> black on black crime is not any is nowhere near more intense than white on white crime and latino on latino crime like they right. are all most if you get killed by killed, robbed, or wore out by somebody, more than likely <laughs> it's gonna be somebody of your own race because you live yep. in communities of your own race, yep. and we naturally segregate and unnaturally segregate. Okay, um, this my I got one more question for you too before we uh -huh. before we wrap this segment up. How do you handle someone who's an ally? Because it sounds like Charles Barkley was trying to be helpful, uh -huh. but he also was not by saying black people are more homophobic, and then saying. The second part, like being gay, is like being black, but I also it very sound very uncle ignorant to yeah. me. So I was kind of like, I don't really need to get in his ass about that. But how do you handle, you know, folks who are trying to be like overly enthusiastic and trying to be an ally and might say something like a Charles Barkley, you know what I mean? Like, or say something, you know, just you know, just saying it because that's what they think because they don't know any better. Um, have you had that experience where somebody yes, was like trying to be? They were being an ally. Um, I am very tender with allies in the sense of um, in when they're trying to defend. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm very tender because especially now I get I get harsher as I go. Like if I keep having to tell you the same thing, then, <laughs> then I get harsher. But if I don't have I'm a person that I'm not going to embarrass you in the moment. Like, if mm -hmm. you say something and you're defending, I'm going to let you do your thing. Mm -hmm. But when we get by ourselves, I'm going to pull you aside, girl, you had to do all that. Girls, sweetie, I know what you're trying to do, and I appreciate it. But if I'm if yeah. I'm Charles' friend, I'm going to be like, calm it down. Let yeah. me explain to you why it's not worse in the black community. And that right. really and, had that and, conversation. No, yeah, and that's not helpful. To us in the black community to deal with homophobic transphobia because that's anti-blackness right <laughs> it's like oh yes. shit. That's <laughs> charles that's actually anti-black that's making us seem like we are worse and demonizing us even more than we already are when homophobia is a global epidemic <laughs> it is something global that all races are dealing with it, it yeah people literally thing. come to the united states because it's uh, illegal to be gay where they live yeah <laughs> like we have to we have to be really careful when we are trying to demonize our whole community that's how you would say it a monolith yes i was when we are alone when we are alone <laughs> yeah. i am not going to embarrass him i'm not going to be like charles uh-uh 
in front of everybody is we gonna pull Charles to the side and say, "Look, Uncle Charles, look, you." Um, <laughs> we know you trying. You 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 know what it really reminds me of? It reminds me of mm. when um when I would go to the club with my cisgender homegirls, mm. and I would get clocked. Like when I was younger, mm. this is at 14, 15. You know, mm. I ain't got oh, wow. no kind of no kind of surgery. I'm just coming to the club as a girl, looking yeah. like a fool, looking like a brick, <laughs> dancing and twerking. And the boys would be, uh. you know, giving me a little fever. But mm. because I'm used to the fever, you really ain't gotta do nothing. I'm just gonna I'm still gonna be me. I'm gonna do my thing. Just yeah. let them just let let them be pressed. That's how I would handle it. Let them be pressed. Mm. Yeah, but sometimes my sister, their homegirls, they would be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 he ain't bothering nobody." <laughs> oh. <laughs> or if they got the, if they got the pronouns right, she yeah. ain't even doing nothing to y'all. She just dancing. <laughs> Why? She ain't doing nothing to y'all. Mind y'all business. Y'all ain't uh. gotta like it. That's on her. <laughs> Now, <laughs> now, yeah, there's a couple things happening going on right there. Right? What she's saying <laughs> is right in the sense of this isn't anybody's business, right? I am not bothering anybody, but you right. acting like you're acting is actually bringing more attention to the scenario than I actually need you to do. I or love one. that you are, or <laughs> one sounds like, yeah, or one. <laughs> I love yeah. that you are defending me and I appreciate that. But I really would like you to defend me to defend me when I'm not there. I really would like you to defend right. me. Absolutely. Um if now if I'm getting in the fight, bitch, jump in. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this moment, I'm just dancing and they get in fever because they know my tea and they are gagging because I don't give a fuck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake my ass to Master Ace the base of your face. <laughs> I'm going to shake my ass to the pocket later. I'm going to shake my ass to you work it, work it, work it, work it, you work it. Yeah. I'm going to shake my ass to the house yeah. music that's playing because yeah, that is my yeah. technique. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. So just let them have their fever. Let them do. Mm-hmm. Long enough when they hands on me, it's all good. They can say what they want. I've right. been called a faggot a million times. I don't care about them. And just right. let me. All these. All, what I used to always say. All these women standing around me, and you're looking at me. Okay. <laughs> all okay. these women popping with okay. me, and you are yeah. looking at me. What? What is what? What that say about you? I used to wear them out all the time. Yeah, I don't need yeah. you to make it worse by being extra. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what it reminds me of. They just don't know. They're trying to defend you, but they don't know how to gauge when to do it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I don't think they're wrong. I just it's just you need to have those personal conversations with them. I think queer yeah. people in Charles Barkley life need to sit down and talk to him about how that statement is anti-black how mm-hmm. that statement is actually what do you think about i mean i, I mean i kind of get a sense because you're like i would be tender but there have been a lot of people wearing him out on the internet over this and it's like the, you know, the internet is full of piranhas. trolls 
the trolls right. and piranha who they just want blood and they just want mm-hmm. to get the, the viral tweet and get people to like mm-hmm. more or more hearts and more likes and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. So anybody that says anything wrong, oh my god, wow. Right. It is it's so like you're supposed to have room for a person to learn and grow. Like you that comes with celebrity. Down, you know? That comes with celebrity, that comes with the state of the internet now. Um, yeah. Everybody want to yeah. be the first to want to have the hottest take of the hottest takes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It is it is just one of those things that you can't that's kind of unavoidable. It just comes with mm-hmm. it. But then you want to I think I think the job of people like us, I think the job of people who do have a platform is to use your pr- platform to give those kind of nuances to people, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. give those kind of um to call those people out yo like be a little tender to people to the allies yes all right yes this is too much like why would you expect them to know he's like 60 something years old like why yeah. <laughs> you gotta you i think yeah it's not your job to teach people but if you pos- positioning yourself you as the grace as yeah. the teacher then have some fucking grace i think i think if you're calling somebody out you're positioning yourself as a teacher to me if you're gonna call them out call them in yes i think you, know? you are you yeah. are that person you if you're putting yourself to yeah that's what i think i think if you are reading somebody or talking shit to somebody or going off on somebody you are putting yourself in a position as a teacher and so mm-hmm. why are you being so mean and so hateful and being so mm. so harsh to somebody that is an ally i believe they deserve mm-hmm. it I believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think it is. I just think it I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's better. I think what he said is better than silence that some of these other motherfuckers right. are doing. That's true. That's true. And this is not the first time because we did talk about on the show this summer about him saying, yeah. Hey, if you gay, you let somebody say some shit, tell him to come talk to Chuckle Uncle Charles or some shit. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you, Uncle Charles. You know, you gotta go take, you know, listen to you know it's, some trans one on one segments, homie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uncle you know? Chuck. Use Uncle Chuck yeah. as the springboard. Like I wish mm-hmm. it was more Uncle Chucks. I wish it was more um straight mm-hmm. cis hat assumed black men who right. were are speaking out in the way that Charles is doing. I wish it was more using their platform like that. So we can yeah. springboard off those conversations. And so yeah, because biting like, people's heads off makes it less likely that more people will yes. want to uh come out and be supportive if they think they just gonna get attacked for saying the wrong thing. Facts. Fact. And you know, I think that doesn't help um, us either. I think you are yeah. just as toxic as him slightly saying, right. oh, and we gonna, we're going to decolonize these minds. We shouldn't really approach shit the same way that the colonizers do. Because that's very uh, Karen like. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, let us know what yes. you think. Hashtag Marshall's play. Let us know um, how do you deal with those situations? Have you had this happen to you where you had an ally that was overly enthusiastic to defend queer and trans people? <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? They're trying to hold us down, but then they say some shit that don't make no goddamn sense. And you're just sitting there like, okay, girl, thank you. And as Diamond said, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you had any of these situations <laughs> or what you think about this Charles Barkley situation. Hashtag Marshall's play. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide.
Tell me what has been bringing you euphoria this week. Oh, um, I was going to say, you know, getting together with folks on Thursday and having, you know, a moment that was very felt very nostalgic, um, you know, uh, for the on that level for that first time to be with that many people uh, that clearly were church kids and, and eating down. Uh, to be with black queer people, it's 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 been a uh, you know it's been a long time goal to get out the Midwest and be in a community where stuff was already kind of established. So to to have that uh, was euphoria, but that's actually not my euphoria because I talked about it earlier. What <laughs> is bringing me euphoria this week is that today at the church they had a dinner, mm. and at the end of the dinner, after we had some chicken and some dressing and some green two greens, one with ham hocks, one with turkey. Now, being from the Midwest, I would have appreciated if they had some mustards and turnip greens, but they only had collards. But anyway, that's okay. That's that Mississippi Delta talking. But okay, <laughs> so I'm eating down. I'm eating down, and then after we get done eating, they say, "Oh man, we got some oxtails up in here. Anybody want some oxtails?" And the oxtails have brought me so much joy. <laughs> joy and euphoria with some rice cooked wet, like you know, because like, can't nobody cook rice. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. rice cooked right, like right enough where you could just have butter rice with some hot sauce, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So I had some rice, some beans, and some oxtails. And that is bringing me so much for You know, oxtails are expensive. You know? Now. To a restaurant and shit, which I don't know how the hell. They gentrified the grocery they store. They don't gentrify chitlins next. You know what I'm talking about? They have. They were $30 at this one store. Listen, my side note, my brother, speaking of that, I talked to my brother, I talked to my brother, said, did you cook? He said, no, nah, no, nah, you know, they wanted 25 damn dollars for a bucket of chitlins. A bucket of chitlins. <laughs> he ate some, though. He was eating some chitlins while I was talking to him, but he didn't, he didn't buy none. He was somebody else because he said, I want 20. He was going off about it. And they want $30 down there. $30. For a bucket of chitlins. Yeah, I that's what he was just saying. He was just saying, he was like, they want $25 for fucking stuff. Make no damn sense. For some shit. Some shit that we don't, some shit that y'all, that we've been eating since fucking slavery. And you know, people go into the slave food stuff or whatever. Oh, Jesus. Yes. But this shit, y'all threw away. Y'all didn't even like this shit. That's why we made it delicious. That's why we got to deal with just stinking up the house first. To clean the shit and be like, oh my god, what is the smell? It's so distinct. It's only, it's only, you know, it's stink. But when it's done, it's done. It don't stink because, uh, you know, anyway. But, uh, but anyway, Euphoria is like unexpected, really good. Like this shit was hot in the oven. It just was sitting there the whole time because they forgot about the oxtails. They forgot about. <laughs> I got me like a thirty dollar oxtail dinner for free at the church. <laughs> Euphoria, and I had a tug old plate. That wasn't even on sales. So God is good. That's my euphoria. (laughs) God is good good in the neighborhood, okay? (laughs) What about Uh, yourself? (laughs) Um these. These glasses. I have been looking for a blue pair of frame glasses. And are those prescription? No, they're not. I don't. My eyes are twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, well, well, good for you, Barbara Walters. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. 
<laughs> and so I had to, I did, but I like the look of glasses now. <laughs> I remember in my younger years, honey. No. <laughs> Reading. Um, but I like the look of the, just the look of glasses. And I've been looking for mm. a blue pair, a dark navel, or cute. like a blue frame. And these are, I bought these mm. in London earlier in the year and i lost them <laughs> i had lost oh, them and oh well i thought i had lost them and so i was like yeah. so annoyed because they are um gentle monsters it's this it's like this japanese brand they're gentle mm. monsters and i was so devastated because they're the perfect blue and apparently i didn't lose them because I looked in this, I, you know, I, I was I was organizing my purses and I had looked in this purse and there was a pocket and I unzipped it and these oh, glasses wow. was in the pocket of that purse and I haven't carried uh -huh. that purse since then. And wow. I found them. And I was like, you look yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, you can match it. These are one of my favorite pairs yeah. of glasses. And so I found them in yeah, that purse. Really and cool. so it has made, I've worn them all weekend. <laughs> and okay. it just made me so happy that I found these and I thought that I had lost them on the trip, like nowhere to be. Yeah. Found. So yeah. having always them, fun. Yeah. And having them and finding them has been my euphoria. And that's about it. <laughs> hey, nice. Yeah, I like your ensemble. Yeah. Thank you. I feel cute. Yeah, with the blue, coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> my trucker blue hat from Dick's okay. Morning Goods. It makes me feel oh, like you know, okay. lesbian fish. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can see. You know, that's that's been my lane. That was my lane for a very, very long time. I can see it. You know, give that little vibe. Yeah. Well, let us know. <laughs> what y'all euphoria is what has been bringing y'all joy this past week and yeah. we will see y'all next week all right peace y'all happy free birthday mia bye happy birthday bye. mia see you next week <laughs> well that's it thank you for coming and getting a taste of marcia's plate you can listen to us on itunes and SoundCloud makes you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh,